Welcome to the Cyber Nation Uncensored Podcast. We welcome all Chumbas, Edge Runners, Vault Dwellers, Wastelanders, Spice Traders, and Space Folders. Thanks for joining us. Please give us a great review and also be sure to join us on both YouTube and Twitch. We'd love to see you on a live stream. Thanks again. See you soon. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Ugh. Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hey, everyone should be able to see Hi. us and hear us now. Let's check those mics. Hello. Hello. Hey. <laughs> I, I like that. Boy. I like that. That was pretty good. I like that. That was a good one. Um, hey, chat. What's up? We're uh, we're officially live. Hopefully, you can see us and hear us. Ugh. If anyone's muted or frozen, just let us know. We'll try to get that fixed right away because sometimes little glitches happen. This is our weekly Cyberpunk Red gameplay. We stream right here every Thursday for Sirenscape, but today's episode is a little special. We're going to do a, a nice Q&A about, you know, the characters, the players, the campaigns, the game, the current, the past, the future of it. Um, we're just going to dive into all that sort of stuff, so keep that in mind, chat. If you have any questions for us, uh, anything for the characters or players or anything that we've been doing here, get those in chat and we'll get to them. But... For, before we get to that point, let's uh, let's take a moment to do like we always do. Let's go around the table. Everyone, introduce yourself. Let people know you know where they can find you online and introduce your character. Ellen, start it off. Well, even now, I'm still first. You uh, have hello. To. I <laughs> I have to. I'm legally obligated. 
Um, I'm Ellen or Ellen K. Graham one if you follow me on Twitter or Ellie Bean 96 if you follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'm an actor about town. I dabble here, there, every freaking where. Um, and mainly I am a creator and performer with Roll to Cast. That's R-O-L-E with Phil. Uh, we're a variety TTRPG podcast. We won an any. We hope we can win another one. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, and each season of our podcast is a different game system. We've got eight full seasons currently. We've just wrapped up Starfinder. What a blast that was. And we are about to embark on season nine, which I am GMing, and it is the game Die by Kieran Gillen. It is like TTRPG Jumanji. Um, a group of people reunite uh, after 10 years. They used to play TTRPGs together. Now they've gone their separate ways. They come back, they play a game, but you know, is are they playing a game or is the game playing them what dark fantasies will this this world kind of rip from their their dark souls um it's gonna be pretty fun we've got two guest stars and i'm really excited to share it with you all so follow roll to cast on on all of the things all of the socials and subscribe and listen to the the episode zero when it comes out next week which is pretty soon so yeah that's me and usually i am Alley Katz, the rocker of your dreams. But today I'm just Ellen. So. Just Ellen. I mean, just Ellen. No, just. Just, yeah. I'm barely. I'm barely, barely. Ellen. Barely. <laughs> today I'm barely Ellen. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brandon. What? Whoa. Okay. I am. Uh... <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Slow your roll. Start sweating. Start sweating. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I get Wow, you really the hard-hitting questions. Already. <laughs> uh, I am Brandon Perkins, also known as DM underscore Brando, and I do lots of different things in lots of different places because I cannot sit still. Uh, I have written a novel called Soul of Harvest of Souls, so, well, a novella, I should call it, uh, and it is the first of a three-part series, which is currently... Uh, the, well, the first of the three-part series is currently on royalroad.com. You can see the link right there in the chat uh, here on Twitch. If you're on uh, YouTube, then it's not there. So what are you going to do? Yeah, I guess... You know, I don't Google just... or something, maybe. Google, Google it, yeah. Look, look me up free. on the internet. Hey, it, 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 creates, oh, yeah. it creates a mission for our friends, family, and fans on YouTube. Now they have a mission. They need to go and track us <gasps> down. Oh. <laughs> If you choose to accept it, find my novella, read it, and enjoy. It is absolutely free. It's free. It is free. For the low, low it's price and nothing at all. The low, low price of nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. So, uh, <laughs> yes, I also act from time to time, and I play TTRPGs, um, which is uh, most of the acting that I, I do. Um, I was an extra in the show last week, uh, and this week, uh, I get to be a non-extra on this show, um, which is uh, really cool. Um, yes, uh, I am a producer at Cybernation Uncensored. Uh, super excited about that. Speaking of which, uh, this coming Monday uh, is The Last of Us 2D20 at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Cybernation Uncensored. And I highly recommend uh, checking it out because it is a great team um, that gels together really, really well. 
Um, and uh, who knows? They may have to figure out how to gel together with new characters soon because uh, none of them have died yet. Uh, well, so and, and who knows what? Uh, and that yeah. will not stand. I'm 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 not out to kill anybody. I'm, but Are any of your players. That's what I. That's what like... I always say. That's what I always say. But it keeps happening. However, <laughs> that's well, they, what I said well, to the cops. Oh, anyway, they, they definitely had some brutal moments there too. Uh, some, some yeah. Sticky situations. Sticky situations. Yes, um, I, I won't spoil anything, but sticky situations for sure. Uh, and usually, I play Rush, uh, who is the fixer of your dreams. But um, today we're doing the Q and A, so uh, I guess I'll, I'll you don't just want to be, be character the whole time. Well, I could. You see. <laughs> <laughs> but it just voice. feels weird without that. Yeah. I feel yeah. like you're the Ted Lasso of this stream in that you <laughs> speak normally. I'm like, why the why the hell does Brandon have an accent? <laughs> <laughs> Don't sit right with me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've got a Canadian accent, but it's just not Canadian enough for most people. So. It is not. You need a Canadian yeah, it we're, up a we're, bit. we're very greedy. <laughs> we want the most. <laughs> the most. Um, man okay work on that all right well hey we're happy we're happy to we're happy to have you we're happy to have rush we're happy to have brandon as well always happy to have the players and the characters but uh phil uh well before you do me uh the chat is demanding a meowdy so you have to satisfy them (laughs) meowdy cute uh yes i'm phil hello uh i'm also scruff that's s-k-k-r-u-f uh on uh Twitter and here on Twitch as well. Uh, as uh, as Ellen said, uh, I'm also part of Roltercast. So we, Ellen and I just coincidentally happen to live in the same city, uh, and we happen to have been making a show together for three years. Just that happened to just happened yeah. to just happened to be like. Oops, we keep in, collaborating. You, oops. <laughs> when you when you live in a tiny town uh, in the uh, Antipodes. You kind of glom onto the cool creative people around you, and then you spend oh. three years making a podcast, and it's great. Accidentally. Uh, <laughs> accidentally. Um, so, yeah, as, as Ellen mentioned, we're, we're about to do a new season. It's been very, very cool to run uh, and and uh, and be part of. What's very interesting and cool about Die as a player is basically you're told to, like, read the rules uh, and then stop. <laughs> just, just stop. Know, know how to play the game. Uh, and I'm used to doing a lot of prep and stuff and like diving into the world, knowing all my ins and outs. And this is very much like know who your character is in the real world, but, but know nothing about die. So it's been really cool to, to have that mystery and discovery like unfold as we play. So I hope people, I hope people would tune into the next season. I think it's going to be super duper rad. Uh, and then my season is actually next. It's later in the year. Uh, it's around November time. Uh, but in the meantime, we also do stuff monthly on YouTube. So please tune into our YouTube live streams. We also have uh, lots of cool gameplay on there. Uh, Ellen's got her whole um, Vampire the Masquerade uh, Bloodlines play on there, which is awesome. Uh, and we just played, we just did our live stream. We just played The Gardener is Dead. So every month we play a, a different TTRPG chosen by our patrons. Uh, and yeah, we played The Gardener is Dead, which is a lovely world-building storytelling game. So we play all sorts of, of different stuff. So that's what we're all about, playing different stuff. 
Uh, and um, we also have a really cool Discord, which you can join, where we talk about games, tech, movies, books, uh, TTRPG happenings, and just general guff. So, yeah, please People who please have peeved join. me off. <laughs> yeah, generally, we can just we whine about our agents and stuff. I don't even have an agent. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, but, yeah, for myself, I, I don't do much outside of that. I play this. Uh, but this weekend, I do stream a little bit as well while my son is in care. Uh, and this weekend, my son's in care, so we're playing some uh, System Shock. We're playing the remake of System Shock uh, as much as possible. It's going to be really fun. I've been avoiding spoilers. So, uh, yeah, my uh, I, I think I've been linked in the chat probably. Yeah. Uh, well, Twitter is there. My Twitch is the same. S-K-K-I-U-F. Go follow me and we'll play some System Shock tonight. Or the morning, wherever you are. Normally, uh, I play Bud, a solo who is just so much cooler than I am. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, I mean, but... do you want to go around killing people, Phil? Yeah, maybe anymore? not. Maybe not. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to deal with. Yeah, I'll just chill. <laughs> Seems like a lot. Yeah. Like I... yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ask me que- ask me questions about how I can be so cool when I myself am not. Uh, and I'll try and answer them. That sounds good. I like that. And hey, hey, guess what? I'm GM Rob Mulligan. I'm the Game Master here, but I'm also the founder of Cyber Nation Uncensored. Yeah, I run the games here and stuff. I do that sort of stuff. But yeah, check out Cyber Nation Uncensored. We have all kinds of streams. We live stream almost every day of the week. Um, the past couple weeks and in the... In, in the couple coming up we do have some downtime some things changing evolving some things happening plus we have some uh, player and gm uh, personal things uh, that are being tended to with some of the games so if you check out the calendar and you see some of those out just for the next week or so just know it's just a temporary break trust me we stream live almost every day of the week typically and then all the vod's go to our youtube so if you can't catch the live Check out Cybernation Uncensored on YouTube. Would really appreciate the subscribe, the follow, all that stuff. We have a real active Patreon. Um, you can get into monthly gameplay. We raffle two different players every month that come in and play some Cyberpunk Red um, with Val's team, my beautiful wife Val, and we stream that. You can also win a Cybernation Uncensored shirt. Uh, we do that raffle as well. We've got two uh, those uh, that raffles doubling up this coming month, so you have a chance over this next uh, few days or so to join up with our Patreon and possibly win a shirt as well. So check that out. Would really appreciate it. Um, the other announcement I want to make, uh, well, in celebration of Pride Month, uh, we're going to extend this till the till the end of the year actually. But if you go to Cybernation. Uh, uncensored.com. You'll see a link that goes to all of our shirts. Um, we have all kinds of different shirt designs and stuff, and you'll see the one that says, everyone is welcome at my table. Um, if you pick up this shirt uh, from our site, uh, nice. 100%, 100% of the profits from the sales from this shirt in particular are going to go to our community manager, Raven's fundraiser. Uh, she's been fundraising to try to get uh, her operation at the end of the year, which she's planning, and she's been hit with all kinds of issues over the past weeks and, and uh, well, the past month, you know, between death and the family and then her computer breaking down and all kinds of setbacks. Um, so we just want to do what we can to help. Um, and I know she has a fundraiser, and we've been kind of promoting that, but we wanted to offer something at Cybernation Uncensored to try to help, in, in this case, this awesome shirt. Um, we were going to do it for this month, but we're extending it all the way to the end of the year. So just, you have all this time. Go buy a shirt, buy one for a friend, gift one, all that good stuff, knowing that 100% of the profits will go to help Raven and her fundraiser. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, also, 
before you do any of that stuff, before you check out anything that we have going on, first, please show some love to Sirenscape. It's the reason we are here every week. Uh, it's, it's an awesome tool. You know, we have fun with it playing Cyberpunk Red, but it doesn't matter what game you play. Seriously, check it out. They have licensed sound sets for almost every game you can think of. If they don't have the official licensed set that you need, you will find something that will work, or you can create and customize your own. Um, it automatically randomizes, like I usually just trigger it in different locations and things and it randomizes as we go so I can focus on the game. I can go in and trigger things when I need them, little sounds and stuff where I can customize. It depends on how involved you want to get. Um, so definitely go check that out. And there's a free trial. You can sign up and get a free trial so you don't even need to take my word for it. Uh, go check it out for yourself and, and then you'll come back and thank me. I know you will because it's awesome. Um, also, make sure you subscribe and follow to Sirenscape right here on Twitch and also on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe, follow, give it a share. Uh, you know, we, we keep doing this out of the support of the fans, friends, and fam that tune in, but we need to expand. We want to keep getting more and more people into it, as well as helping Sirenscape expand their awesome app. So help us do that and show some love today. We would really appreciate that. All right, cool. Let's dive into this special episode. Rockette is out. If anyone's been watching, we've done a couple special one-shots the past a uh, couple sessions and she's out doing a play um she's gonna be out for the out next here. she's out of here no she's <laughs> she's temporarily i should say out of here she's doing yeah, a, out a here play first, rocket rocket i'm sorry <laughs> to let you know you're fired a, you're fa dumped. <laughs> a fan will let you know or somebody online no they'll do the dirty work for me no no she's been she's been working out a play just like ellen's been out the past few weeks or, or well few weeks before the last week. Yes, yeah. But uh, working yeah. on a play, and yeah, we've been doing awesome one-shots, having a lot of guest players come in, but Rockette is out for the next, like, four more weeks or so, I think. Um, so we're going to plan some more one-shots and some more fun. We might even have a guest GM coming in. Uh, we've got some fun things planned, so we'll see what happens. Uh, there might be some other players, some different fun things that we do along the way, uh, but just stay tuned. We're still in the works of that, but just trust that we do have some fun things planned, and we would love for you to tune in right here every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific. Um, yeah, aside from that, this is our special episode where we're just kind of doing a Q&A chat. If you have any questions about the team, their characters, the campaigns, past, current, future, any plot twist NPCs, um, just anything, uh, even about the players too. It doesn't necessarily have to be about the characters or questions about Cyberpunk Red or Sirenscape. Put them in chat. Let us know if you're watching on YouTube. Put the questions in, in there in the comments. We will circle around and check those out. It doesn't matter if you can't be here for the live. Uh, we'll go and check on the YouTube video and we'll interact there if you can't uh, tune in the live. So just if you got questions, put them in there as well. Um, I'd like to start it off. You know, I want to dive into everyone's, you know, favorite campaigns, favorite plot twists, NPCs, obviously things that I've had my hands in creating and presenting and, and throwing at you. I would love some feedback on that stuff. But before we do that, I think it was awesome. Uh, Phil earlier mentioned something about like, oh, Bud is nothing like me. He's so much cooler than me. Alan said, well, do you want to kill people? That sort of thing. It made me think, uh, are there any sort of you know, are the polar opposites you're living out through your character? Are there any similarities, you know, exact mirror sort of things that you've done with your character that you're like, oh, that is a little piece of me or something that happened, but I've elaborated, <laughs> or are you living out fantasy stuff? But I'd love to just hear some, some, some things based on your character creation or if there's some connections there and stuff. And uh, since Phil kind of started that off, why don't we start there? Yeah, Phil. Phil, Take tell, it away. tell right. me what you think about Bud and Phil. <laughs> uh, oh, it's Would they be friends? Right? <laughs> Maybe friends. I think Bud's kind of cool. Uh, Phil, though, I don't Bud's know. Bit, he's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Phil is a dork. Bud seems so. very chill. So I, I don't know. Bud's an interesting character for me because 
I don't usually play like the combat specialist. It's not that's not me at all. Uh, just in terms of like archetype, uh, I usually play a supporting character. Um, we worked out this season. This will be my third season with on roll to cast with like a robot companion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so apparently, apparently, I like playing companion. like. I like playing engineers, support characters, um, that sort of thing. So playing like the really cool, aloof guy is kind of against type for me. Uh, but then always things like uh, like bleed in. So like his attitude of being like, yeah, he's cool as a cucumber, but he's also a bit of a gamer and a chiller. That and that oh, yeah, is yeah. me bleeding through, I think, because I'm I'm a total gamer. Um, it, it's something that I've been doing since since uh, I was like a real tiny lad when my my dad you know brought home a BBC computer and we played Space Rogue um, you know through NES uh, and SNES and Sega Genesis and stuff nice. so I like that part of him I like yeah. that part that part of him comes from me yeah um, I was curious because uh, you've definitely had it and I, I love it when you have those role play moments they always pop up randomly it's never overdone but it's once in a while and it's always a pleasant surprise like when there's downtime or there's some moment where all of a sudden you and I think it's it's between Bud and Allie right you're always like threatening to raid each other's kingdoms when you're not paying attention or something yeah um, I love that sort of role play in those moments who started that was that something that bud kind of introduced because i forget where that started but was that something because it came in from phil's real life of being a gamer or something or is that both ali and Bud? like where did that start Talking with about the playing. elf lines online was that what it was the like other release? one yeah yeah we both we played there's two things we'd like there to was another elf lines which which is official it's part of the law right yeah. and then king kingdom clash is the thing That's we made up that we play that we play <laughs> on our that we play on our um, our agents, uh, like in downtime. Yeah. I feel like it just came up organically. That sort of thing It's yeah. just like we're, what we're doing is we're angling for a sponsorship by Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the Kingdom Kingdom Clash, uh, uh, like equivalent. I feel, but yeah, yeah, I remember us both being really jazzed about Elf Lines Online's when they released it as like proper DLC. It's just like hell yeah. Yeah, people yeah. in cyberpunk game to to escape their lives. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And what would it what would it look like? Like, I actually I wonder if it would be like a microtransaction hellscape. Uh, probably. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Full of ads. Yeah, but, it's dystopian. But people, but people are like in cyberpunk. They're so used to it, right? They don't have yeah. an alternative. <laughs> Um, I don't yeah. know. The also the other thing about Bud is is like I made him I made him asexual as well, and like one of the major parts of the cyberpunk world is you know sordidness and sex and and uh, and lust and stuff, which I guess you know Ali taps into uh, with her career. Uh, so it's nice to have yeah. give Bud something else to do. <laughs> oh, not, I, I, and I like that. I, I like how that's worked out with Donna too, because that just came out of nowhere with Donna flirting, you know, and, and being with the team at the twenty four hour cafe. Obviously, anyone that's not familiar watching and all, all that, but um, but I do like how that kind of like the teasing of going on a date with Donna and Bud not being interested in like sex stuff, but talks about liking her as like she's a good girl. And, like, you guys connect in chat, but there's, like, never, like, I don't know, sexual flirtation stuff. It, it always just seems, like, good-hearted, you know, even down to, like, when you guys took over the cafe and you were, like, kind of uh, pitching when she got all excited about Donna's diner and things like that. It just always felt like, 
Um, and and her, when her fam family was in danger, you were Bud was concerned about that and stuff. Like it just always felt like um, like Bud kills. He's a solo. He's a cool guy. He's kind of quiet. Seems dangerous because of that. But he is a bit of a softy, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's got a he's got a nerdy soft side to him, which I yeah. think yeah. is is it 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 kind of cuts the cliche off the character, you know, rounds that corner off, which I really like. Yeah, and, I, and most yeah, of the stuff I, has just been organic, I think. I don't want to jump in too much, but like I love that go there's it, like proper ace representation because I feel like there's not a lot out there, and uh, like it was an interesting thing as well of like, you know, it's. Uh, like, Bud is pretty upfront and and has I guess known that about himself for for a while, um, but you know with the Donna stuff like us like trying to tease out like you know is he just is he just ace like is he is he also aromantic no okay he like he's into romantic relationships like <laughs> is like what's that gonna be like is it gonna be compatible with Donna and it's just like it was a lovely little teasing out of that kind of. Um, yeah, that that side to life, and and I always think you know there should be there should be more ace representation out there. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was great You're doing God's work. <laughs> <laughs> doing God's work. Okay, so what about what about Allie and Ellen? <laughs> Same thing. Any any sort of you know is this completely living out some fun yeah. crazy rocker lifestyle. I mean, you act, you get on stage, you're almost a rocker too, you know? Like is it is there some Yeah. Yeah, what do you think? No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think I like when I was a kid, I always wanted to be like a singer as opposed to an actor. And then uh and then I I kind of discovered acting and stuff and and so a lot a lot of like the whole thing of um like Ali's whole inspiration is uh for me like what holds the most sway in this world right and and as phil said it is quite sex obsessed it is quite um you know you have that interesting element of like fandom when then it becomes parasocial and it's not just that people are looking for you know um a celebrity right they want this kind of vehicle for them to put their obsessions on to put their like to objectify to to consider like their own in a way and uh i thought cyberpunk <clears throat> you know being this dystopia and not too far from ours would absolutely like thrive off parasocial relationships and that kind of you know fervent fandom that's that's uh you know fed by by con like by building up these personalities online and uh yeah and obviously like you see that with with twitch streamers but also in the world of, of sex work you have a lot of cam people um and uh you know there's that whole kind of like fervent following that's very it's got a kind of um it's got a kind of k-pop kind of thing as well yeah. that's k-pop stands are pretty idols, like, in, yeah. intense yeah idols and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like yeah, that yeah it, so it's it's you know you have a lot of power because you are oh, yeah. congregating this this fan base but it's such a oh, that's dangerous two-step yeah. yeah and that's built in i mean look at that's the rocker boys uh you know char charismatic impact you know that's the, the whole ability yeah. uh leans on that um, but absolutely yeah. and i think uh with with the way cyberpunk is cyberpunk red uh in particular mo most cyberpunk um games and lore and, and genre stuff but leaning into that whole brain dance aspect 
You know, I yeah. think that mm-hmm. really amplifies it because then it's not just uh, you know listening, watching, becoming a fan of something. It really gets in that idolistic style, like living it. You know, like yeah. oh, I want to know what it's like to to be her, and like you know what I mean. Like it's that you, you can, can. Get it. yeah. yeah, it's those and real intense the, fans, and that's know? the thing, yeah, that she trades on. It's like I've always thought of Ali as, um, you know, like she, uh, like she probably got into it through the more kind of like, well, people want me, people want me, and people want to objectify me, so steer into the skid, right? Um, but like she's found her own identity in kind of elevating it more to a kind of performance art level. Um, and, and I think there's, uh, there's always been like a tongue in cheek nature to her work where it's like the thing of, um, it's the thing I'm always really interested in. And, and me and my friend, uh, I, I model for him occasionally and we've done like a series of like, you know, uh, kind of risque shots where we explore like where the model's eye like where the model's gaze is because like you know in a lot of like intimate kind of photos you it's always very not always but like a lot of the 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 poses are very kind of objectifying or like voyeuristic because the model's looking away so it gives you the chance to really like look at them with abandon but it's really interesting when when the model meets your eye of just like i know you're looking at me And I always thought, like, that was part of Ali's whole kind of power. I know you're looking at me. I know because I feel you under my skin. I literally am selling you, like, the chance to be me. Um, There's, like, a level of of intimacy there that you're not going to get with other performers. Um, Yeah, and so, like, there's, there's definitely, like, inspirations I've taken from my own life. And, like, I, I wrote a play, uh, that was like delved into like similar kind of thoughts and musings of like being a woman in the arts uh uh occasionally there there is the sense of just like well i just can't escape the objectification i simply cannot no matter where i exist no matter what the costume is no matter what the performance no matter what the character i will always be looked at as a kind of sexual object first um and yeah so there's there's definitely like some thoughts that then filtered down into being ali um she started out probably a bit more callous than i am um a lot more kind of uh individualistic focused on herself um and like as the series has kind of gone on she you know she's fiercely loyal which is like a trait i really admire in her um uh, to the point where like you know it, like it's like it's it's my people i would kill for them literally um so she's she's really funny that way i also i, I like i don't know if it's i i don't know if i see myself in, in her necessarily uh <laughs> i i'd like to in certain ways maybe not in all every way <laughs> yeah no and i like that uh you know at the beginning like i've seen Allie kind of evolved to almost I don't want to say like um, see I, I can't pinpoint the exact words I want to use so it's not these but for the sake of conversation somewhere within the realm of like you know um, not leader or mother or something but I think the Hades combination when you started dating and became in a relationship the whole um, kind of get married and like you know now, now granted some some may not have really happened right because of the whole brain dance fiasco stuff know. that we has happened know. in the past in these past campaigns but 
Um, regardless, I, I have seen that sort of like um, helping reel in Hades when she gets kind of crazy because we see how uh, Hades is sometimes when Raquette plays Hades. She can get kind of crazy over the top, almost leaning, almost pushing that cyberpunk to an anime level sometimes. Like, I love the characterization, <laughs> um, how it, you know, like the style of, of role play in that character. But I've seen since that relationship has developed, and I don't know if it was intentional or has just been something natural, um, but Ali almost kind of. Uh, take on the lead of that relationship, and then in, and then in whole for the team, help with some Hades moments where she might get a yeah. little crazy, maybe about to flame throw throw her uh, uh, at Bud, or you know, <laughs> in, in, uh, yell over Rush when he's trying to handle a very touchy social situation. Yeah. Or you know, I mean, there's these moments, just... and I've seen Allie kind of step in. Yeah, born from necessity. Someone... Maybe, <laughs> or yeah. all dead. Or yeah, you it's 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 the thing of like it's really interesting how that that relationship has has affected Ali, um, and and hopefully Hades too. But it, it it's interesting in that sometimes she'll she'll temper Hades and sometimes she'll she'll feed into it. And they'll, um, you know, the first few seasons, Ali definitely would not have wanted to be seen as foolish or silly. I think like enough people in the industry probably. She's probably had to fight that for so long, but like it's really nice now that she's in a, a comfortable relationship with Hades. That sometimes she can be a bit more goofy and, and goof yeah. around with her with her found family. So it's nice, like yeah, sometimes she'll bring Hades down, and sometimes she'll she'll rev her up, which is it's it's really nice to yeah, play how, with. <laughs> how, how scared was everyone when the clone Hades and Hades seem to have gotten along? We're about to skip off into the night, you know? Like was everyone like, oh my god. <laughs> There's two of them, and they're they're combining forces. <laughs> this, this, this is good. Like yeah. I don't know. Allie is like, there's two of them. I, Interesting. Oh well, that that's a different story for for Allie. That would be kind of crazy and fun, maybe. Um, PWB in chat. I love that. It says Rockette can go full Joker sometimes. Absolutely, Hades. Yeah, like a combination of like Harley Quinn meets Joker at moments. Like that's a great. Uh, yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Um, would it be cool if her doppelganger was like really sensible. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That would have been funny too. Oh, what a great idea! Um, Brandon, what about you and Rush? Yeah, well, um, it's it's interesting because Rush is very different from me uh, in in a lot of ways, and he's a very different character than not what just I the usually accent? play. Yeah, not not just the not accent just the... And, and the hat <laughs> and the glasses and the sparkly vest. It's, <laughs> it's no, no, the sparkly vest know. is all Brandon. I've seen you. In, no, I'm kidding. Uh, well, you know, who knows? One day, <laughs> you, you know, you you may see me in person at a at a con or something, and I'll just be all sparkly vest. So, who knows? Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I drew a little bit from uh, from real life as far as you know, Cyphers is a character that my wife made. So, uh, I I thought that you know, for me to play a character that's married, I, I feel that like it's it's it comes across as more honest if the you know wife character would be based on my wife so yeah so that that's interesting that's that's where uh where that came from uh net running and things like that it's uh my wife's not actually very techy at all but um <laughs> but uh it's it's what i figured she would probably you know 
choose as far as you know the character goes um so yeah she chose the name and everything like that uh but yeah otherwise i just assume that you know cyphers looks like my wife and, <laughs> and just go from there just yeah that's awesome um that that so said she made cyphers first uh well it, it's kind kind of kind of she's never played cyberpunk or anything like that but you know when it comes to tabletop games cyphers is usually the name that's used so yeah yeah so So that's where that comes from wow (laughs) you know what can i say however um (laughs) it lends it lends the character like an honest air right it's got like a politician kind of vibe to it like oh he's he's married he's happily married he's got to be a good He's, he's got I honestly, his heart to be in the right yeah, when place. you first said that all the way back, you know, like session zero, session one, when you first started getting it, that was really interesting to me too. Um, when you first mentioned that, because in all of the teams that I've done, all the players, I, characters, I can't think, I mean, there might have been, but I can't think of any that brought up like a husband or wife or something, you know, like being married and stuff. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, and, and it was interesting, you know, to pull not just the cafe ownership for a team, but now into the recent, you know, baby on the way level of uh, Rush fitting within that vibe. Uh, it was really interesting. I, I, I love that you brought the marriage into the edge runner realm, you know. Um, but before I go on too much of a tangent, back to the, the you know, opposites and, and the similarities between Rush and Brandon and stuff. What else you got? What else you think? Yeah, well, I usually play a fighter, a uh, fighter type character, somebody that's very combat forward. Um, like which real kind life. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, always like, fighting people. <laughs> He's always yeah, punching I, people. Yeah. Shoulders. <laughs> Gave him wolvers just because I'm used to hitting people with blades on my fist. And, <laughs> wow, Canada's rough. Huh? It's crazy. <laughs> It they depends on where you. you live. So why did you choose? Why did you choose a social archetype? Yeah. Um, because it it is so different uh, from what I've played in the past, and I thought it would it would give me a challenge, you know, that I, I've never had before. Um, but I still ended up making him very uh, combat forward. <laughs> in ways like he can shoot, you, gotta. you know. And uh, he can dodge bullets. <laughs> yeah. So. It's, it's I a mean, bit of a necessity. I feel like everyone in Cyberpunk. I was going to say, yeah. Know. Even, even yeah. like, a, like um, Val's character in our Phoenix Rising thing, like, she didn't want to get too much into combat. She's a fixer on that. You know, she's helped Allie book her uh, signature series event and stuff, you know, made the appearance later. But, um, but she even said, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, at least have a pop-up blade if I have to, but I'm going to focus on evading and leaning into social but see even on that even when you're not planning it i feel like if you're playing cyberpunk red like you at least need to know how to like shoot a gun or use a blade yeah or or you know really good at athletics to throw a grenade or you know like you have to have some type of like offense no matter what even if you're social character because it is cyberpunk you know like Mm. there's going to be a moment where the team like all hands on deck like we need help you know well the way i I find oh you sorry you go it's your time you go Okay. Um, the the way I pictured it, as a fixer trying to become a fixer, uh, you have to go into these dirty places and do dirty things. You got to make dirty deals, and you've got to be able to break into cargo containers and steal everything that's there without getting noticed. You know, so 
that's why he's good at lock picking. That's why he's got the the um, the cyber eyes, you know, with the uh, dark vision and everything, because he's got to be able to have an advantage in a situation like that. And that's where he cut his teeth as a fixer is breaking into cargo containers, stealing everything inside and selling it. So, you know, um, but also being such a smooth talker, he was able to turn enemies into friends. He was able to always get out of sticky situations. Uh, it's just, and that's something that came out of just uh, rolling his um, his background uh, because it came up with no enemies, but he had a bunch of friends. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my God. So, so I figured, well, I guess he's just got to be really good at talking his way out of problems, right? And one of his friends Don't was a mad. former Don't enemy. Mad. <laughs> so I, it, it, it worked was, out really yeah. well. Um, so now funny how, that yeah, like the backstory, you double cross me, and I'm like, ah, I just can't stay mad at this guy. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. rushed. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Tips, you're gonna be mad at me? Hat no. once, and you just like, ah, oh. uh, can't can't <laughs> hate, can't hate the hat tip. Um, yeah, right. no, I'll make it up. <laughs> now, how 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 much do you align with that, Brandon? Like, how how do you? you know like i know you online we chat all the time all the time we've been playing now for years i think you're a social guy you're fun you're, you're outgoing you know i met you uh through the sirenscape guys so you've networked through there you, you've done the event but how social do you consider yourself like comparatively you know like as far as rush like would you be fixer you said you play fighter most of the time is that because you're so far from that you like to be outside that realm or is that you like more physical stuff versus social stuff or like how does how does brandon fit in uh, I think I just always found fighters to be the easiest to play because, you know, it's pretty much hit things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and there's some fun tactics and things like that that you can do uh, with with fighter-type characters. But with Rush, he is very different. Like, I, I am not um, as good with words as he is. I would like to think that I could be. So that was one of the things that I liked about the challenge is it would help me to practice that uh you know to be something that i'm not to be able to live out this um character that i've never played before like most of the characters i've made don't have anybody they they don't have their parents they don't have a wife they don't have you know any anybody in their life um with the exception of one character i made called snow who was very close with his sister um who, spoiler alert, ended up dying. Because, <laughs> you know, you you have these relationships. You In, in a tabletop RPG, you risk losing everything by having them. And that's something that I thought going into Cyberpunk would be really interesting to have. He has his parents. He has a wife. The closest people that are, you know, that were to him, you know, before meeting this group, this party... Uh, and now he's got this extra bunch of people that are as close to him as, you know, his his wife and his family. Um, so he's got a lot to lose. And I feel like that makes him really interesting to play. Uh, because if, if he had nothing to lose, it, it just it's an archetype we've seen multiple times before. Mm. And I didn't want to 
just bring that in again. Uh, I wanted something interesting to play and interesting to watch. And I thought that that's what Rush could be. Oh yeah, yeah. great job. People having human connections in cyberpunk is such, uh, I like, it's very, it's very punk. Like, like to me, loving people in cyberpunk is very punk because oh, yeah. like everything wants you to be out for yourself and individualistic and like like that's like that, that's like why Ali's and Ali and Hades were not together at the beginning is because like they suffered a loss and Ali was like nope not not doing that not not getting attached not getting hurt again um yeah and so to have characters that like have that inbuilt connection like Rush and his wife it's like oh it makes you like it makes you nervous it makes you fight so much harder and it makes those characters you know like act in different ways because they're like you say the, in the game the easy option is to uh, uh mm. just like just throw a full attachment yeah 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 yeah, exactly. yeah. look we have a, a great question here in chat and it kind of plays off you know i was mentioning how um you know, I was inspired by Rush's family edge runner stuff to kind of put a, a plot twist on the recent one shot of Cypher's helping rescue you all with the help of Ali out of the, the vault and all that stuff. But then the plot twist being a sort of positive one, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant, had to get daddy out of the vault, you know, sort of vibe, you know, and, and it was I, I felt, you know, just as uh, an explosive plot twist, like, wow, didn't see that coming. Um, as any of my others that, that I'm proud of doing, like, they're certain more explosive than others, obviously, right? But in this one, I felt like like I was real happy with that one, especially it being kind of a positive sort of thing in a dystopian game and world. Like, it was just like this quick flash of, of light at the end, you know? Um, but Shareable Horizon, this question, like, perfect timing for that, says... Uh, question for the players uh do you guys prefer running slash playing uh ooh, it just shifted on me there uh running slash playing in a darker high tension camp in high tension campaigns or the lower tension lighter tone uh ones and what, is, what does everyone else feel about that i feel like it's nice to have both because <laughs> if like the the few weeks when we were in arasaka like it was so amazing and and engaging and and you know high stakes like the highest stakes ever but i remember like coming away every friday after the game and just being like oh <laughs> god oh we've really messed up oh my god <laughs> like it was, you know it's nice to have the the downtime and and show like you know the the variety in in uh, in these characters lives and just like real life you know it's not always like oh, yeah. sometimes you go on a mission and it's relatively chill and you're kind of you know you can handle the job and sometimes you're like way out of your league and i think if i was like just doing stressful ones i'd be like uh <laughs> i would be a much more of a shell of a human than i am now <laughs> that's just me yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think you need those peaks and valleys when it comes to serialized content like this. You've got to have the high tension mixed with the low tension. You've, you know, you've got to, you know, uh, do an Arasaka, and then have you know uh, Ali's uh, chocolate, <laughs> you know, promotion. Or, you know, like yeah, do an Arasaka and then go deal with, deal with like a dance fight situation, right? Like. Exactly. Yeah. 
you know, because you, you kind of need to decompress from something like that. Um, and and I, I feel like the characters need to as well, not just as, as players, oh, yeah. but the characters themselves need to decompress. Um, especially when you're role-playing this person, it's not always easy to jump right back into that stress. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's so it's really nice to have those low tension episodes, but uh, the high tension ones are just as necessary, I, I would say. Um, in fact, it's it's probably necessary to have more high tension than low tension, just as long as it's balanced, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. PWB and Chess says, I enjoy the 24 hour cafe episodes as much as the action episodes. You know, that's part of the reason why they're there is a little bit of decompress, a little recap, a little gather your thoughts before we just go right into the next figure things out, right? Um, and it also, you mm. know, just as a little meta outside of game thing, it allows me as a GM on a weekly gameplay to at least in between campaigns have like one week where I can think of the next campaigns, the next cool mm. plot twists, encounters, things, because, you know, it's, it's ongoing, it's weekly, and it's been years now I, I barely have time to breathe and when we do have time off it's because i have to go film or do something else not plan for this you know so it, it can be stressful just as a gm point of view so that's why the 24-hour cafe is kind of there for that reason and for a little decompressed stuff but it's great to hear from chat to say that they enjoy that as much as the action i have to agree as a gm it's very entertaining to see the players just role play that hard and kind of come up with cool conversations making up past you know things and i don't know it's just a lot of fun um, but Phil, we didn't hear from you yet. What do you? How do you feel about the uh, uh, the balance? You know, high tension, low tension aspect, and all that stuff. Uh, well, it's interesting playing. Uh, I feel this might feed slightly into the next uh, uh, the next question as well because I was just to answer that. I was very quickly looking at our early conversations about what we we're going to play. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, the point I was making is, is you got to be. Uh, there has to be stuff on the line. It has to be dangerous. Like that's kind of the whole point of cyberpunk. Um, so I, I I I agree with what Brandon was saying. Is that you? It's it's all well and good to have downtime. Like you need it, but um, you, you can't stay there very long in cyberpunk. You have to be risking things. Stuff has to be happening. It's a very action forward kind of game. And the idea of being an edge runner is that you're fighting for survival. You're fighting for your principles. You're fighting to carve out a little space in this world. Uh, for yourself or, or for others, right? And so if you if you spend too much time just kind of like being a guy in the world, it kind of deflates that slightly. Uh, not to say that we do that, but it's like I always feel like there's like a there's like what's what's the next thing that's going to happen to us? What's the next thing we gotta we gotta do? And mm -hmm. and the downtime helps you kind of like just kind of build up to that a little bit, so that <laughs> you can draw into it. Uh, but obviously playing a solo all of my cool stuff and utility happens when we're fighting people. Yeah, <laughs> so, <true. laughs> so I, you know, I, I, I'll say this though. Great. Hold that thought. I don't want to interrupt and, and lose your next thought. Don't forget what you were going to say, okay. but, uh, there's been so many times though, where the solo perceptive aspect of your skill roles and stuff have saved the day and then, then allowed you to role play bud <laughs> in a more tactful sort of way. So it's, still leaning into combat or, you know, in action or something that might happen. But there's been moments where it's helped figure out, like, you know, how to get in or out of a certain room or situation or mm. things. And it's, it's, it's the perception. It's not always combat. But that's another thing with solos. But you, you've really role-played that well, too. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I mean, I guess, I guess part of being a solo is 
is like you are you are contingency and you are like risk mitigation right so danger is around every corner and obviously even with a solo you don't want to get into scrapes if you can help it uh uh at, at, but the solo being combat ready and and being kind of aware like that does does kind of off offset that so you don't have to fight all the time that is a nice aspect to play um but yeah it's really you know you're always going to get into scrapes so it's really fun to 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 be the guy who solves those problems um just like oh we're in mortal danger don't worry we've got the coolest guy on earth here uh to to, <laughs> to kill everyone that is a really that's a really fun aspect right and if we didn't fight that often that would be something that that wouldn't come out about my character so like for me you know i i, I am kind of I, I love downtime but this character is always kind of waiting for the next dangerous situation to, to shine um and yeah i like i like playing this character as a kind of alpha strike character it's just like i just go around and i just headshot people i cut them down with my sword i get them out of the way right so and, and that's that way i get to do cool descriptions and sort of get out of the other character's way because it's like okay i've dealt with the combat situation everybody's dead uh, it's not about me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you think, uh, as far as, you know, all the all the different campaigns that we've had and, like, um, maybe the big plot twist moments, right? Like, these, these moments, like, uh, where you were ha- having dinner with Leviticus and, you know, you're talking, you're thinking what's next... You know he's whining and dining you. You don't know if you trust him, but you got to get through. You're just trying to get to the next spot, and then all of a sudden I'm like, everyone roll to resist torture and drugs, and you're poisoned and, w- and wake up <laughs> just like uh, you know when when with Umbra when you're taking over, and I'm like, well, what would she do being as crazy as she would? Well, absolutely, if she's in a moment of she thinks she's getting overpowered, about to die, she's going to hit the dead man switch. The whole place mm. is going to sink. I know as a GM, I'm throwing problems at my players. I'm making exciting moments, plot twists. Some of them I'm just improving and coming up with on the spot, and I have no idea how you're going to get out of it. And like in that situation, I knew like the ship's sinking, even if the separate district separate, like there's still the main hull. Like people are going to die. Like it's going to be dystopian. It's going to be grim. I don't think they're going to be able to save everyone. But how are they going to at least save some or get themselves out of it and what's going to happen? And, like, so there's those moments. Then, like, oh, yeah, by the way, the past few campaigns were all in a brain dance, right? So there's been all these, like, <laughs> what I feel are, like, pretty epic plot twist moments. Just like, um, you know, we have the guests and all of a sudden you're getting locked in a vault that you thought you were helping them clear out debt for. You know, like, I think I... I feel nice. <laughs> well, there you go. But, I, but for me, I love, you know, like I said, throwing situations at players like any GM. But especially when I can try to have a cliffhanger, right? Because we're streaming, and then tie that into an awesome plot twist where I'm like, you know, trying to read facial expressions. Like, oh, did, did my players like that? Was that enjoyable? Like, was that a really <laughs> an honest surprise for them? Like, I would want as a player and enjoy. Like, oh wow, didn't see that coming. Like, you know what I mean? But there's been some that have been dystopian and kind of dark. There's been some, like I said, all of a sudden Rush is going to be a daddy. There's been like, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? There really is no way out of it, or there is a way out, but you got to figure whatever. What has been everyone's favorites, you know, whether it's a particular plot twist or a moment or a campaign in particular, or just generalized speaking, your favorite type of stuff? If there's not one in particular that I've thrown at you, um, I'd love to get some feedback on that. Or just like I said, in general, your favorite types of campaigns and plot twists and things. Um, so whoever wants to start that, feel free. And chat too, if you've, uh, you know, you've been watching for, for a while now, if you've had any favorite moments, plot twists, campaigns, <laughs> or you know, uh, sticky character situations, let us know too. I'd love to, love to hear that. 
Oh man, I mean, like we could all talk about the brain dance twist. Yeah, the brain dance twist is pretty amazing. Yeah. Like the, the, that whole season felt like a twist onto a twist onto a twist of how much worse can it get for these characters? Like truly, uh, you know, people coming in and out of brainwashing and uh, yeah. I mean, I I love playing a villain. I love doing a nice little heel turn and um ha having ali being brainwashed, brainwashed for that yeah. season was so oh, yeah. fun of like how am i gonna get in and ruin my fellow players lives <laughs> and make it like really awful for them and like the also the delicious thing of like well she's not like it hasn't completely rewritten her code it's just brainwashed her so like she's still ali and so it was like the interesting thing of like, it's such an interesting proposition, you know, from, oh, from a was... GM to a player of like, how do you do that, but still be Ali? And how does Ali in her brainwashed state rationalize that to herself? Um, I don't, yeah. yeah, I was going to say it was, it was fun. It was oh, fun to talk on that player GM level, you know, in little interjections during the campaigns or leading into the stream to say, okay, now don't forget. You know, yeah. like you're you're completely thinking like Arasaka's good, like they're they're good. We're getting paid. They're cool people. Like you know, what is the problem here? You know, like so. I thought it was fun to kind of put yeah. that 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 role play on on the team because it's not just who got brainwashed, but it's who didn't and felt the danger of Arasaka to not just be able to confront it upright and like have to deal with that little dance and like wow, did everyone not role play that? Like top notch, like prime examples if there ever was to showcase the players, you know, role playing abilities. Um, it was just so good of everyone. Absolutely. Um, oh, and, and like Shareable Ryzen says, uh, Hades going full cyber psycho was brutal. And there's another example. Like, I love to throw the players into that where, like, you know, hey, look, there's going to be a moment. Like, you not even had a moment with Rocket on that. Like, look, there's going to be a moment, like, when you're fighting and you snap, like, you choose it. And then, you know, just walk off, stare off, zone out, however you want to portray that, role play it out, you know. And then she did. She found the moment. And when... That I had Techno Destructo from Guar, I think, at the moment, kind of breaking through or something. I think it was during that that sort of moment, maybe, or, or it might have been before that. And she, like, you know, she mm. just decided to stare off and kind of walk off and wasn't responding or something. Then you had to get her in therapy. Um, but, yeah, uh, great example, uh, Shareable Horizon. I thought that was a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Brain I liked was having. I liked having the... Um... Uh, Bud's old like freedom fighter buddies like still, still like hanging out in the bowels of the ship on on the on the citadel the the free water citadel. Um, like I didn't expect them to be like hiding in the walls of the ship at all, and then nice. and then and like uh, Bud's old like freedom fighter kind of partner having like still holding a candle for him. That was it's like oh man he he wasn't like he I wasn't ready for that he wasn't ready for that um, and then you know because that kind of throws his his past and his present into like this really sharp relief which is really cool it's like okay you you never chose to be in Night City but now this this person who you basically don't know anymore is saying hey let's mm. let's continue like where we left off come come join me at the bottom of the ocean <laughs> and he's just like whoa actually no you know this person i was and this person i am are really kind of uh, are totally different and i'm actually kind of happy where i've ended up 
and that's mm. so that's that confronted him with a character choice that I hadn't like it's not something I a- had anticipated exploring but by having that kind of like thing from his past show up was was really great for me and got got me to ask questions of the character that I, I didn't know the answer to in, until it came up in all honesty in that moment it, you know I didn't know how you were going to react either but on the spot I role-played her as telling you, like, look, ship's sinking. let's go, me and you, we have room for, like, you know, another mm. one, let's go. Like, I, in my mind, I was, like, as a GM, like, okay, cool, like, I wonder if Phil's gonna, you know, like, make a new, <laughs> make a new character, like, there goes Bud, Bye. and, yeah, next Thursday, yeah. here comes Phil with a new character, like, and that would have been totally fine, like, that would have been an epic storyline, and that would have happened, it would have been part of the evolution of this team, and, you know what I mean? Perfectly normal. Um, but that choice was there, and I think you role-played it like how, like how you just described it. Like, it makes perfect sense. It was so good. You know, the fact that, like, you know, I thought you were dead, and, you know, thought you were dead, and, like, here we are, and, you know, but I'm a different person now, and I hope you can understand, and, you know, uh, take care, and hopefully we'll see each other soon, and I've got to take care of my new team and family. Family, yeah. 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 Really cool. Bud chose the, the present over the past, which is... Uh, uh, a, yeah. a delicious choice <laughs> do you go yeah do you go back to to you know who you were before or do you keep keep going going forward did uh you know aside from that campaign seeing you know bud getting to reconnect with a past and it kind of tying in where where he came from in his life path to this citadel situation and the rebel forces trying to fight back to umber who caused all that stuff from bud's past but within all that chaos at that moment i mentioned it earlier you know just kind of yeah, Umbra would totally hit a dead man switch. You hear explosions going off. I got to trigger the explosion sound in Sirenscape, which was fun. You know, I always love when I can have a moment where I'm like clicking a little, like, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, you're doing automatic fire. Oh, cool. Let me hit that. Like, I love, I, it's just fun as a GM. But anyway, I mean, when that happened. The place thinking as a complication was. Yeah, I was wondering how, 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 you know, dismal did that seem? Because it seemed very dismal to me. Because like I said, I just kind of came up with it. And I was like, ah. Yeah, how are they going to get out of this? All right, and that's where we're entering our session. You, you know, like, but in my mind, I was like, man, what are they going to do? Because I don't know. <laughs> you know? Not, not, not only that, but it felt like a really like colossal failure on our part. It was yeah. like, go, go save this place from tyranny and, and have it opened up again. And we, when we left, everyone was either dead or, or floating. You know, it was just like, well... We we don't look great in this situation. <laughs> we haven't really helped, have we? Uh, so that and was. Did we not free them from tyranny? I, I guess. I mean, so, technically, yeah. I see from that like, home. That's how you. Yeah. Win, Instructions unclear. That's how you win we cyberpunk. That's how you win cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, and, and the place the place that Bud grew up right is now at the bottom of the ocean as well. So it, it was pretty. Not the first time that it's it was, blown up either, right? So yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty. So he lost his leg. It was, it was, um, it was due. It was due for another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, another sinking. So that was a kind of cool ending, I think. It had a that had that kind of bittersweet thing, and then cascaded into into consequences for us because that was the beginning of like it, a yeah, you can't work for the city anymore. You guys are too. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Caused too much chaos. It did yeah. get it did get epic, and even Nash had to vouch for you with the council and stuff. There was all kinds of stuff. They pulled funding. I forgot about the. The, the further uh, repercussions from yeah. that, that that just trickle down to other aspects of the game and life. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, but it did also kind of circle back around in a positive way in a sense that, you know, the, the districts got back together. They were able to reform the Citadel, and it's this new sort of trading post on international waters mm-hmm. from what you hear. Um, hopefully one day you'll be able to visit there. I mean, you ran into, uh, what was it, 
Xander or Zing or one, the guy. From, the techie we met there. No, no, no. The uh, the guy who was running the. Oh. Who liked Bud fighting. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was running a fight fight yeah. club on the Chinese district. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. It's Harrison like Hong Kong, was the techie the who fight. I hated. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got jealous. Yeah. Would have would have murdered, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> so we, there's a question here I'd like to get to. Yeah, but before that? that, let's let's hear uh, Brandon though. What what? Uh, oh yeah, of course. Any any yeah. uh, plot twist campaigns or anything in particular? The sinking of the Citadel was the biggest oh crap moment for me because I was completely blank. I had no idea. Like I was like, there's nobody I can call. <laughs> that's gonna make it <laughs> like they, they mm. can't what are they gonna do drive across the ocean <laughs> hello yes can you help me i'm sinking i need a water taxi <laughs> right i mean like i didn't know anybody that has an av uh as far like that early into the campaign yeah um yeah. so that was the biggest oh crap moment for me the the twist that caught me completely by surprise though uh was definitely the vault Nice. Because <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I trusted Mercury Rising, you know. I trusted our our, our friend, uh, the Netrunner. I'm completely blanking on her name. I'm sorry, uh, her character name. Was it yeah, Rock? Dan- Danny was playing. Uh, was it Rocky? Rocky. I Rocky. Think I was thinking. Ro- I was thinking Rocker, but I, I, I knew that wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So. Anyway, like I completely trusted them. Uh, I trusted the characters. I trusted the players. Okay. I trust. I trusted you, Juicy. <laughs> oh, and let me tell you. Yeah. You know, just like Ellen said earlier, it was fun when she was brainwashed to kind of lean into the villainous side of her. Like when I told uh, Juicy and Danny the idea, they loved it. They were like, "Oh my god, this is so treacherous! Oh, this is so awesome!" Like they're they're so excited, like waiting. They were. Uh, the response, especially Danny, seemed extra excited about it too. To the point where I was almost worried that during the game, like they were going to kind of give it away at, at a moment. Like they did not, and at they all did not. It was way. so good. They, they were so good. <laughs> I didn't drop a single hint. Like yeah, I, you tempted. I think sometimes to like be a little bit like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop something in, see if anyone notices. But mm. Rocky was like ridiculously she played innocent, naive. Like. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> great. Yeah. Oh, annoying. Yes, you guys are Very dystopian, though, I felt. Like, so cyberpunk to get double-crossed by an old friend that you, that Rush trusted. In Vegas. Owed a favor to, and, like, in Vegas. Like, oh, it was so good. Getting locked in a vault, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question, uh, Phil, you saw in chat? What, what did we miss? Um, uh, there was a quick one from PWB back for about... Uh, uh, if you're going to play, a, we considering different playing a different role, uh, and that sort of just ties into what we're asking. And I mm. was going to play like a media or a net runner, uh, and then, uh, and then we had a discussion around like what what um, Brandon was saying is that he norm- he said explicitly I normally play a fighter, but I have this fixer made up, uh, and I have some combat chops. Um, uh, but I can respect to be more combat focused, right? If if that's what the party needs, and I was like, oh, let me step into that role. I'll be a solo, and then you can spec however you want. So that's kind of how I landed on on that because I was gonna play nice. something a bit more social. Uh, someone uh, Cold Spider asked what what was the hardest role to play. Uh, I think the hardest role to play is either Lawman or uh, Exec mm. uh, Corpo. 
you never see those two roles. That's because they're both really hard to play. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. had a, on on uh, Val's team where we do Phoenix Rising. Prior to that, uh, I had that team make a media corporation because they had a media uh, played by Will, who's on uh, my Cyborg Saturday team, comes from Team Nevermore, and his wife uh, Naomi played an exec. Um, so we, I made them have a media corporation where they were putting out stories. She would manage the corporation. He was the media. Val was the fixer. Um, you know, they have a solo that kind of helped with adventures and protection. Uh, that's where Cold Spider plays too, who came in is is uh, doing the tech work and renovating the cafe uh, for this team. Cold Spider is their mm. tech now because Will ended up dying. It was a crazy moment. He had to leave that team, but you know the character died. It was this epic thing. They could no longer do the media corporation because then Naomi, who was just getting a thing for that character, went off to L.A. to be Neil, Los Angeles, whatever, be with her family. So now that's how they started this whole brain dance thing that, that Cold Spider's character runs. And uh, in the uh, behind the scenes, uh, Val's character, Fixer, runs normal gigs, Edgerunner edge gigs. Um, and that's why they have to hire extra players every month to get the gigs done from the Patreon raffle that we do, you know, so we can bring in two new players. Uh, so it all kind of like, you know, connects all the dots and stuff. Um, but we did have an exec and the workaround was completely to make the team about that. Like, okay, now you're running this media corporation, you know, but, but I agree. Like, um, it is difficult dealing with execs from a GM, not just player stuff, because they also have the minions and stuff, right? They, you know, as you rank mm. up, you end up with like a tech or a driver or security. And it's like, it's all these things you got to kind of incorporate in and, and, and think about and worry about. So I agree with Phil on that uh, one. Yeah, that's a that's a difficult uh, role. Yeah, I like. There's a part of me that one day would love to play exec just for the like. It's it's juicy, right? You have the whole thing where clearly something's gone wrong in this person's life to make them go edge runner, or you know, um, maybe they see this as a way of getting their own kind of little uh, hit squad. Um, but you have the opportunity for like a nice kind of you know character arc or um but yeah i hell no it's so it's yeah it's too complex yeah, I, wanna... I don't I, this is the reason like i i've played a rocker before and i was like oh i don't just want to go back to the basics sometimes i also like doing a combat character of like me hit heavy thing done um but i've already i've like played a, a nomad a good that yeah, who does that kind of same thing? Yeah, Ali's um, a good balance being a rocker because you've got all that social stuff and the charismatic impact thing has been very powerful at times, but yeah. absolutely can engage in combat. She can shoot a gun. She has a yeah. cyber snake, which has come in handy more <laughs> yeah. than once. Yeah. She doesn't mess around. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would love to play like a lawman maybe who's like kind of like a detective, like do some kind of cyberpunk noir. Yeah, one day mm, I, I think like that'd that. be really fun i think i'm a bit too stupid to net run but uh, who knows we've well, been just talking <laughs> yeah that's fine i like uh, just, just in this conversation off the top of my head like i was just thinking like it'd be kind of cool like next next player that wants to play an exec uh we'll put together an edge runner team where like the team helps this exec basically take over corporations like you have to start with little mom and pop shops and stuff and work your way up to a chain to a big corporation but it's not by normal means of you know buying out shares and working deals and stuff it's obviously other means right to take over these corporations but that might be a fun way to do it uh you know to bring an exec in where there's got to be some action to, to do things some espionage you know aside from combat stuff you know but um but maybe it's like taking over corporations trying to build up to where you own all these things um that could be kind of fun um tabletop owlbear in chat too uh said prep questions um do you have a process or phase that helps you get into character 
And on the Sirenscape side, do you all have a favorite sound uh, track or sound set or such? Um, for me, I love the Forlorn Hope sound set because I like the city sounds. I can, you know, adjust sirens and different things like the other city sounds. But in the Forlorn one, um, I can easily hop into combat melee or um, gun combat. They have, like, options within that sound set that kind of diversify. Other than that, I love um, Decay... The hot zone stuff urban is decay. a lot of fun. Yeah, urban decay is fun. Um, what does Plus everyone it's else think? My favorite makeup brand. And I like that prep question too, because sometimes I do get in that mood, like before a stream, because it's not just game prep. Like we stream live, so sometimes before that, like I got to get myself hyped to like, all right, let me get social. Like I got to get get li like run this live, and like it, <laughs> it is a bit stressful, you know. So like I hype myself up, and sometimes I will listen to certain songs and stuff. But I'm curious that for the players, like getting into character and thing, is there any Sort of like processor phase that helps you get into character you guys all do cosplay too i imagine that helps a lot uh but yeah what, what do you guys do to get into character anything help getting into cosplay is a huge part of it you know once i put on the hat and the glasses i, I feel like i'm pretty much there yeah. um but brandon has left the building <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah all canadian has left me at that point um but <laughs> uh, there's also the song uh by the composer that did the Deus Ex games, um, Michael McCann. He did a song called Watchtower. And I'll often listen to that before and after every stream. Uh, and that helps kind of lock things into my brain, bring things back, you know. Um, it, it's almost like scent memory, but for a song, you know. Uh, <laughs> sense, 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 sense memory. Sense memory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a real active. It's a real active technique that you you're using. Yes. Yeah, I I Sense create memory, playlists yeah. for uh, every character I make. Um, I don't know. It just it helps me when I'm out and about. Usually, uh, most streams I got to walk the dog beforehand, so um, usually I'll, I'll pop on that playlist. And there's a lot of like, there's a lot of Grimes. There's a lot of Metric. Um, I've got. Uh, there's a song called Closer Than This, which is very, it's very fun, it's very sexy, but it's all very, um, like a lot of the lyrics are like, I'm never going to let you in. Like, you're never going to get closer than this to me, which is like very, very early Ally. Um, there was a part of her that's closed off, even though she literally lets people inside of her head. Uh, I like explosions in Sirens Go. It's pretty dope. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh sorry I, I jumped way back to the old question uh oh, no, play takes part of the same i'm so i'm so envious of ali now with like she's got tech hair and chem skin and i've got me <laughs> and, holo and holographic changing clothes yeah. and oh, yeah. now she has holographic changing clothes and again i'm me with a budget of zero uh, do an eyeliner at 6 a.m. of just like Jesus Christ, <laughs> like, um, and sometimes I'll do the contacts. Sometimes I will. I feel like I've I've tried to modify Ali's looks for stuff that's a bit more uh, convenient. I don't always do contacts and stuff for a long, a long run. You know, I might do them mm. for like special occasions. And when we started out, I had I had contacts, but. Um, yeah, like definitely a lot of that makeup and uh, like I, f I feel like I'm similar, Brandon, sometimes getting into the costume and the makeup 
is is very transformative there's something about like looking at yourself in the clothes um of of another character and you kind of go okay this is how this person looks in the world uh and it's nice to to have the i'm the rocker of your dreams before the session because i'm like all right i gotta speak in an american accent yeah get that in your noggin there's certain words that you know like it's americans like pretty okay but every so often because i'm not reading from a script obviously like you know you gotta you gotta talk in it and think in it and there'll be ever ever so often like words where it's like how the hell does that say like how that where the hell does that r come from in your accent (laughs) i don't get it i don't get (laughs) the rocker of your dreams is nice because it's got that r r I, uh, I, I forgot to mention my favorite Sirenscape sound sets. So uh, I I like Trauma Team because I got to voice act on that one. Um, and so I, I'm super proud of being a part of that. Um, but I also have made a lot of uh, Sirenscape sound sets and a number of them are uh, sold. So the Realmsmith Temple of Hram one. Uh, is one that I'm really proud of that I had made. I had extra time to be able to really devote to that one. Um, and I was able to pull together some interesting sound combinations. And uh, I, from what I'd heard, there were people that liked it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I'd recommend that as well. Yeah, I almost forgot that uh, all my favorite cyberpunk sound sets are the ones that have my old band's music in them. <laughs> I forgot. I completely forgot. Like anytime I'm in it, that's my favorite one. That's my. Uh... Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, no, Trauma Team one. I forgot to mention that. that is a great one. I like that one a lot. Not just because your voice is in it, but it is a great sound set. Um, and that's cool that you've made other ones. I know that we used uh, your custom ones when we were doing Fallout 2D20. You made one that I was using on my campaign that you were using on yours. Um, so yeah, great work on all that stuff. Um, as far as, uh, you know, we talked about some favorite plot twists and past campaigns and, like, these, these epic moments and stuff. Um, you know, I think the, the positive one that, that kind of sheds a little light to possible future stuff is obviously uh, Rush is going to be a dad, right? Cyphers is pregnant. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to be played out in real time or if I'm going to want to jump sometime at one point and then all of a sudden Josh has a, uh, Rush has an infant or a toddler or a baby, God, you know? Baby. All of a sudden he has a teenager that hates him, you know? No. But, uh, <laughs> like, um, but, but I feel like that's something um, that kind of opened things up that plays off of what Brandon established with, with Rush, like we discussed earlier, as an edge runner being kind of out of the norm of having a family, having a wife, now he, his wife's pregnant. The other, the other thing that I think is kind of there was you guys taking over the 24-hour cafe, which has played over, you know, I created it in the Sirenscape stream. That was created um, originally because I had that filmmaking gig where I was going to be gone for a couple months, and I kind of created the, the role-play stuff um, in between the campaigns. I knew it was coming, and then you guys were going to rock that out for some sessions. Remember, uh, that's kind of how it started, and then it kind of became... We did, like two, we did like two or three of them. In like a row, back back. yeah. And it was just quite hard. completely <laughs> improv, too. Like, just all, we didn't have, like, things to play off of. You know, like, there's only so much pass that we had at the time. It was like... Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no. Really early on. But that was kind of... Needles. Yeah, the cactus yeah. needle tea. We could have been crazy with it. Yeah. Uh, uh. But that was created for those reasons, and then it kind of became an awesome breather in between role-playing. It became a little spacer for me to help create. 
Then I started implementing it into my other teams, like all my Cyberpunk Red teams. Like, I, you know, I cross over lore and players. And yeah, yeah. I love that fun stuff. But that cafe is there. Like, all the players go there, and they even they've all met Donna. They all mention, you know, Alley Cat's brain dances and things, whether it's been Rush or Bud or Hades. There's always been moments where, like, other teams love to cross over and drop, and it's been a lot of fun. But now this team has literally had the moment where the owner was tired of it. The, the last time, you know, things got blowed up, right, from Hades with the rocket launcher and dealing with the clones of yourselves. And he was finally just like, I'm done, you know? You guys bought it. You guys are taking it over. Uh, Cold Spider's character, the tech Tomcat, is currently doing renovations. You talked about even future renovations of maybe an upstairs and expanding and more stage. And, you know, it, it could become something even Ooh. bigger eventually. But How long have we been doing this? I mean, it's almost two years, right? Or two years? Almost two years. I think so. Yeah. yeah. If it, it feels like that kind of is a natural kind of evolution, Rob. Like mm. that, that you have to put down roots as these characters eventually, right? You can run around doing stuff all the time, and that's going to obviously going to continue to be narratively driven. But like having a, a base and and a place to kind of like call your own feels like a really natural evolution now mm. rob and i love the fact that all your groups are linked in their own shared lore because i yeah. have a setting in cyberpunk as well that i that i'm work like you know a i'm working on in the background but b whenever i do cyberpunk red stuff it's always linked in some way to this like mini kind of version of the universe that i'm building i love that i love that so much rob it it, it um it, it really kind of like gives the idea that, you, that of the living world which is so important for for red because it's not mm. it's not about going on adventures and saving the world it's about the surviving. city and it's about <laughs> yeah. surviving yeah. yeah well literally like yeah. the jump start is the apartment right where it's like you're defending your home ground like yeah there's something about cyberpunk red which is like put down roots fight for them you know yeah. 2020 you're lucky to leave a smear on the road but this is a time where you might be able to to actually have yeah, red like is... make a piece of this town your own and make it a community, and that's the way that we're gonna survive is by by making these communities and homes for for others as opposed to you know corpse that want to just box it up and cut it all up and and I think that's a really a really vital place. There's also the thing about like capitalism taking all of our third places away from like you know we don't have places to gather often. Um, that's why Not we're like increasing... the expectation of paying exactly well, what, like you know red, yeah, I think because so of the fourth isolated. corporate war um, you know it kind of lent itself to, to be able to rebirth the city from that you know like you said become a smear in 2020 right on the, on the road as an edge runner just yeah. trying to survive it it could it can be brutal a little, little bit crunchy in that brutal right but it's there and yeah. I think <laughs> that red you know not just streamline that but it also kind of like I said rebirthed uh, the setting in a way to where, like you said, Alan, like uh, everyone's just trying to, you know, find a little elbow room. Like, okay, we're, we're, we're everyone's coming back in the city. It's rebirthing. It's still just as dystopian. It's still extreme, uh, you know, combat zone versus exec zone, right? Like, there's still this sort of ex extremism in it, right? But it, it, yeah. it just feels a little more like, yeah, I'm trying to survive, but there might be a chance just for me to find a spot for myself now. You know, and I think uh, it, with the 24-hour cafe, what I think is neat about it, um, and I've done this with a lot of my teams, like I said, with Veritas running the media corporation, Nevermore had to be owned by a corporation, but then they kind of evolved into what it was. Now that's become Cyborg and other systems were floating through. But 
With this one, it was always like work for the city, right? Because I love each team to kind of have their job or their gig. It's not just defend your homestead or an edge runner team knows each other. Let's pick up gigs to make money. I, I always try to give somebody maybe not a home base, but a job or a location, If it, in some cases a home base. But in this one, it seems like, you know, Citadel lost that for you, right? And you had the council issues, and then you were kind of open on your own. You dealt with Arasaka, the brainest things got crazy, and then it pulled back to now Rush is going to be a dad, and now you kind of own a cafe. Like, it's kind of a weird, um, I don't know how to put my finger on it, but it's not just a home base. Like, now, now you're, like, owning this cafe service for the city, like, where people can go eat. And then I have other teams frequent uh, that place. I don't know. There's just something odd about it that I really like, and I can't define it with words exactly what I'm feeling, but it feels really good, and I like it. <laughs> I don't know. That's all I got for that. <laughs> I like it. Take it. And you I heard would... it from the man himself. <laughs> we, uh, we've got a new question, which is a good evolution yes. of what we're talking about yeah. here from Shareable Horizon. Springboarding off that, do you ever see your characters hanging up their edge-running boots and trying to go legit? Ooh. Anyone? I mean, what's legit? <laughs> that, that, was, a, that was going to be my response. You know, what does legit yeah, look like for these people, true. right? Are they going to work yeah, in a factory? Less killing. Let's say that. Less killing, right? Like, less edge runner gigs where, like, you can kind of mm. justify expendable people to get a gig done. You can, you can justify their moral beliefs and stuff. Be like, eh, they're, they're not that good of a person. I, I can take them out to get what I need done to set things right. I think there might come a point, and correct me if I'm wrong, Cheryl Horizon, to where maybe they mean like that, like hanging up the edge runner side, like no more doing gigs that involve guns and blades as much as, you know, running a cafe. Oh, we're running low on, on supplies. Um, let's do a special event this weekend. You know, like now you're just kind of running still, a nice normal still, thing. Still like counterculture, still like yeah. underground, but just mm -hmm. not like directly, uh, directly involved anymore. Maybe I yeah. think that's more likely than, than going corporate for these people i think it's the last thing they do think yeah i mean yeah I, I also think there's uh to in terms of ali's line of work there's there's that element that will always be stigmatized you know as much as like uh uh people love to engage in sex work and um you know pay for its services there's always going to be a, an elitism and a classism that's like well you're not welcome in the in the corporate sphere you know you're not uh you're not seen as as marketable or family friendly or, or what have you um and so i think there's always going to be that element to her life that's like you know she, she probably be, can't make it in those spaces well i don't know would it, but would that be the equivalent of like and i know like it's not as dystopian but right like let's tone it down to a more realistic like remember back in the 90s yeah. you had like george foreman who was like beating people up in a boxing ring who's like hey, buy my george foreman grill i cook burgers real healthy it gets rid of the fat and like you know he doesn't fight anymore but now he's <laughs> selling these things and like you know yeah. lots of people you know, as they get older and retire, they become spokespeople, they run a business or, you know, like, or, or they've always run a business on the side hustle and then they focus on that more. When they get a little too old to do what they used to do, so to speak, do you see Ali like, you know, hanging it up and now it's like, oh, remember that rocker from back in the day? And oh yeah, they, mm. they run an awesome cafe now that evolved in this event space and, and eatery that's 24 hour for the city and they actually donate uh, to charitable causes and they do this like, but they don't, but she doesn't do any like fighting or put out like, uh, you know, they don't kill anybody anymore. Or do gig You see what I'm saying? Like, do you see the team evolving yeah. to that Rogue. point? Rogue yeah, doesn't, I mean, doesn't, doesn't do gigs anymore until she well, does, right? <laughs> 
Well, there you go. Yeah. That's true too. It's that's, also the thing of like and ageism and in cyberpunk and how do people, how do these punks get old and do they get the chance? But how and, would we? And yeah. And if that were to happen, how would we uh, play that out? Would it be time to say, okay, cool, you know, let's let's talk that out and ah, oh, that's that's where the story went and those characters. All right, new characters, yeah. start over, rebirth. Let's start Off over. Guy, yeah. Or 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 do do we play that out? And is that a weird cyberpunk red stream where like there's not a lot of combat? But there's a lot of like other real, <laughs> like real life mirrored, but you know, future dystopian versions of real life issues and stuff. I don't know that that would be as entertaining for Cyberpunk Red, but it's something. Yeah. There's something there. It's, <laughs> it's fascinating to me in terms of like, yeah, how people get on in this world if they if they get the chance to live longer and and what does that mean? And and you know, countercultures can just be as 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 rough and. Um, you know, as, as corporate kind of spaces. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I maybe see, like, maybe for, for Ali being able to just be herself and not perform for people might be a, a welcome release since she's well, essentially, like, in her mind been been a, a kind of, uh, like, her herself has been her tool of profiting in this world since, you know, she was a teenager. And there's like something nice to be like, I actually get to keep my memories for myself and maybe she'd go on to like more of a fixer role, kind of more of a producer, kind of like I'm I'm happy to support up and comers and like that'll be my kind of job. But yeah, who knows? I don't know. We'll see what the fans want. <laughs> well, do you wanna hear what I what I kind of you know, anticipate where where it going, or do you want everything to kind of we'll see how it evolves? Because I, I do have a general curious idea. Curious about your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've done I'd it love with. To know. Well, I've done it with a past team too, where um, you know they went so far that some of them were evolving into new characters. Uh, some of them couldn't play anymore; they couldn't commit to the stream. Um, so when I evolved that and I got the new characters going, they went. They were hired by a similar corporation, and when they walked in, um, I kind of was able to wrap up the story by like their past characters entering the room as as older people that were going to like mentor them and show them the ropes one was like uh, just back from tour so the new rocker could be mentored by the past rocker and things so it was and, and like they actually got teary-eyed a couple of them cried it was a real emotional moment where like oh my god like we got to reconnect with our our old characters as older people and they were like nice to us and like taking us in and like helping our new you know it was a really cool moment but i almost felt like because I've put the 24-hour cafe into so many of my teams and it, it, it's become this sort of thing, right? Um, where this is almost a West March feel in a way with like one GM. But um, but I almost felt that, you know, Rush already got to rank 10, you know? I felt that mm -hmm. once the rest of the team started getting up to 10, now Rush is going to be a dad, you're taking over the cafe. I felt like you all would get up to that point, like was suggested in chat, almost retiring from typical edge running. Not to fully be out, like you said, you know, you're, you're only out till you're back in, right? But I almost felt like the team was going to get to rank 10 where it's going to be difficult to find proper encounters and situations that you can't just dominate without making everything extreme and Arasaka and everything's an extreme operative, right? Or a full gang to take on. Like, there comes a point when, when you get to rank 10 and the fixer knows everybody and everything, like, it, it just becomes this too big, too big to manage. And I felt like you I might take over the cafe make new characters that then maybe sometimes still go to the cafe and interact with your old characters and you have some yeah. times where you role play back and forth and like it could be kind of crazy and fun i'll shut up now what do you guys I, think I, I hear the line cook at, at, at donna's is a deadly assassin <laughs> exactly. no man 
No like, way. Like, he's like the guy from Ratatouille. He killed a man with just his pinky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, that would be an amazing kind of evolution and... I guess it's with it, it, who know who knows what the what the what the future holds. The mm. the we might not make it. <laughs> That's true too. Yeah. There's gonna, been there's been times. You gotta kill us before then. Right? There, uh, well, I guess there's ah, been times. I, mean, I want to get old. Bud was almost <laughs> killed a few times. You know, a couple times by Hades catching on fire. A, a balcony. A balcony. A balcony almost yeah. took out Bud. I mean, it was a roll away. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. So that's true too. Uh, you know, it's it, very rare to see an old solo, right? It, it is. Yeah. But I think it would be fun. I think it'd be fun if if it were to evolve that point. And you know, you've seen. I don't. I don't sugarcoat roles and things. And I definitely throw situations out that I don't have the answer to. And it might not always be a, a clean cut thing. But I think that's part of being a good GM in Cyberpunk, like with Cyberpunk, right? I mean, I tend to do it with all my games, I'll be honest. Like, I am pretty brutal and, like, extreme. I love plot twists and leaving on cliffhangers and all that. But there's something about Cyberpunk, right, in particular, obviously, that's extra dystopian. You push those sort of limits. You never know. Like, players could die. But I do kind of feel like the, the natural evolution of what this team has been doing, where it's going, now owning the cafe, that, man, that could happen. If, Like Phil said, if you do survive till then... I could totally see this team like being elderly in Night City. They actually live. Oh man, like edge runners can live to a senior age. Like you're still having to run a cafe and then live to, to, you know, work to survive, but no longer maybe out killing people unless you really have to, you know. <laughs> but I don't know. That's how I kind of see it. I feel well, it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think that would be a really cool way to see it go, because uh, you know we fell in love with these characters, and you they're know, on it'd be really. Yeah, we're, we're on <laughs> We got merch, man. Um, and, and like, I I thought about it, especially when you brought up the baby. Uh, like, would Rush retire now? Because he's now got even more to lose. Would Rush's uh, next character be his son? Should we make him a son that you play or something? And like, then you have your you have to play your dad as Rush sometimes. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Could, <laughs> funny Allie's funny story. My backup. Girl. My backup character is actually Rush's dad. But, uh... <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Papa yeah, Rush? He's, he's oh a my nomad. God. He's a oh, nomad. Wow. And his name, is, his name is Brother with a U instead of an O. Brother. <laughs> I like it. But, I love it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, I think it'd be I... kind of fun to see a little baby Rush out for missions. See the team kind of coo over over baby. <laughs> but what were you yeah. going to say, Brandon? So I had thought about that. I had given it a lot of thought, uh, and I was thinking, um, I, I don't think Rush's story is done yet. Uh, he's got more to do, and I love the idea of if any one of us is going to re like roll up a new character or retire their character and roll up a new character. I'd love to see us all do the same thing at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Me too. Yeah. That's why, that's why I like that cafe idea. Like imagine y'all getting old and just no, no more out running missions. You know, my arthritis, I have a heart, my, my, my trigger finger arthritis kicking in on bud, you know, like, so you guys <laughs> run the cafe, but then like whatever new characters you make, I like the idea of like running into your old, characters at the cafe like there's mm. something there that i really would love to see happen um if possible yeah. if, if y'all live you know if this can make it to that point <laughs> yeah. i if think yeah, if you can 
it all can live, we can do it. We'll see. I think it'd be such a wonderful evolution of, of what this uh, party has done in the world where, yeah, I really feel like they've been about, uh, like they've found each other as family and that's only become stronger and stronger. And that sense of family and community is, is in a sense like affecting the neighborhood to the point where, you know, when they were thinking about buying the diner, it wasn't, it's not to turn a profit. It's to cement this this piece of, of Night City that they want to keep that way, to keep Donna around, to keep like, you know, the, the regular pace, patrons. And I feel like it would be, yeah, like that's that's the dream, right? As an edge runner is to is to keep building that community and keep living on in like all the people that that you've affected. Um, mm. Yeah, that was just my my oh, yeah. my big old that. thoughts. No, well put. Um, the rush baby forever. I think it'd yeah. be quite fun to have that baby around. Oh, I love that. Delicious. I love that idea. Um, and I, I haven't even looked, but I'm sure there's a baby sound uh, in Sirenscape I can use. If not, we will make one because uh, it's going to be I can do a needed. pretty good baby effect. Nice. Well, let's then hit up Steve. You've got you. a job. Um, <laughs> Steve. But no, I'll hey, record my we're, baby we're cry get, if yeah, you want. We're, we're, we're getting uh, to the end here. I know. Oh, that was good. I know, Ellen, uh, you have things to do. You have uh, event stuff to I take care of. i got to get on of. a plane. You, yeah, you've got you to gotta get going. So, look, uh, let's wrap this up. I just want to give chat one last uh, chance. Any, any last questions that we missed in chat? Any last things that you want to get out that you want us to answer before we wrap this up? Um Oh, look, uh, there's a PWB says, yeah, did your characters all want to become what they have become? Uh, That is a good question. Did you kind of, you know, plan out the evolution of the character? Did it just kind of naturally happen and become into where it's at? Or is it what you thought was going to, how you were going to, like you mentioned earlier, Allie, like when you first started, she was a little closed off because of past things. And now look how it's evolved and now going to get married to Hades, like planning a wedding. (laughs) Like, you know, she's kind of opened up. I've literally gone and changed it in my character sheet of like, you know, who's the most important person to you from myself to Hades. Oh, that's awesome. Um, cause I'm, yeah, that, that, that was how it was be- like how it began. And in terms of like, did Ali always want to be a rocker? I'm not sure. I don't like, I think she always craves that. There's like a part of her that is very, uh, don't come close, but then there's also a part that craves intimacy and connection. And so I think this, you know, she always wants to be the kind of center, um, you know, even if a previous attention in her life was uh, not asked for, you know, she didn't always ask to be the, the center of attention or under the eye of, of many lustful people, but she's she found it and she rolled like hell <laughs> with it. What about uh, so Bud and Rush? Um. So I think, so Bud became what he is out of necessity. As we touched on earlier, he, he grew up in the high water citadel and uh, it was a bad time. There was a sort of a mini revolution there and he became a freedom fighter. So he's kind of always been that out of necessity. He, was like, he wasn't like, you know what, when I grow up, I'm going to kill people. Uh, he, he had to fight to, to survive uh, his, his upbringing. And that that's kind of all what he's always known how to do, and he's good at it. So he just he's kept going, um, and and as for what he's become, I mean, I think I think the one of the fun things about playing Bud is that he has very little, few expectations from life. 
he's he's pretty okay with what's happening. Like if he gets time to game and he gets time to like protect his protect his friends and make a little bit of an impact in the things that they get to do, because uh, generally speaking, they they take gigs where they they get to make a small difference, right? Whether it's to to right a wrong or, or fix a fix an issue that's that's what they're doing and i don't know where rob's going to take us in terms of like we have connections with some of the the wider political players uh you know with the people doing noosa and and um the pacifica confederacy there's a lot of stuff to explore there right about about the future of uh the region as a whole which might be kind of cool to get into because uh, is it, that's the wider the wider thing that we we're do, doing as a microcosm with our neighborhood is that you know the future is up for grabs in red what 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 america will become oh yeah uh, and you've is, been is you've had your hands directly in that too because I, I pinned the whole yeah. uh leviticus uh being hired by side by president cress outside of yeah. pacifica confederation it used to protect the boswash canal and there was that turmoil and now you've freed that up to where they have that back you have them in the back pocket i i love that there is definite uh chances for bigger pictures stuff like that i think that's really cool yeah and for me that answers the second question to to a degree is like how much evolution is that is like well personally he you know he's he's pretty okay with where he is he's got a, he's got a like a romantic well, partner who's okay with who he is uh, but being involved in the kind of larger events, I think, would be a good way to kind of cap off this character's story. Is to leave a mark on on the future of our version of of Red. Oh yeah, no. And that second part of the question was by PWB. There it says how much evolution is left in the characters before uh, time to roll up a new edge run. And that's what I was saying about that rank ten. And then there's so much beyond that. But I like the bigger picture thing. Maybe being involved with some political things going on with missions that have to do with it and it can kind of take up the caliber of encounters and things but even that can only last so long especially when you gotta exactly. be a, especially when you have to be a dad you have to run a cafe you know there's some things going on but back to what you said about you right your guild uh, is raiding on exactly the you got to protect yourself from yeah. your own friends um <laughs> but i think you when you said bud about you know there's something about bud being refreshingly easily satisfied that i love like when it's you know, describe your morning rituals and everyone goes through what they're wearing and this and that and getting ready and their coffee and start the day. And I love every, almost every time. And there's been other moments like that where it's like Bud's like, yeah, he just wakes up, kind of fixes his hair. Uh, oh, is that coffee? Cool. Like he just throws on the leather jacket, is ready to go. You know, like he's just cool. He's just playing his game. He's like, oh, what? Oh, time to do a mission? Okay, oh, okay. let's go. Okay. There's just something, yeah, something for ref hours. refreshingly, refreshingly easily satisfied. Or there's something something there i'm trying to express but yeah there's something uh, nice about bud with that easy going thing even in even in those moments of chaos but um but what about uh what about uh rush brandon yeah um <clears throat> his parents are nomads but he was never gonna follow in their footsteps so he uh was born to be a fixer it's 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 his destiny essentially it's just the person he was born as, the personality that he has, he wasn't going to be anything else. So that's that's the way I see it for him. And as far as the evolution question, uh, I I don't know how much there is left for Rush. Um, I I don't think there is much, but you know I, I do feel like his story is not done yet. 
I agree. I think that uh, I think the cool thing with Rush is the fact that uh, yeah, he did get up to rank ten, uh, but it was at the sacrifice of not increasing all, a lot of other skills. You really focused on the rank, which is great for role play and networking. But let's face it, he finally just threw his first night market, and it wasn't a, a midnight market within somebody else's night market. Um, there's still some things that he can work towards and do, I think, on that level. But then, you know, that hand-in-hand hand with a baby on the way and then trying to set up this cafe, like, I think there's definitely some more evolution and some side-tangent evolution things for these characters and players. And, yeah. and who knows where that future will go. Um yeah. Yeah, I'm personally excited. so excited for uh, Ali to meet Russian's baby because I think she's like right. one of those people who's like ooh kids, but then if it's like like her like someone within yeah, yeah. Kid, then she's like <laughs> she'll be like dressing up the baby and like trying to like teach it its first words. You, oh, I love that. <laughs> Say, the, Ali, yeah, Ali. Yeah, yeah. I, I also I, I forgot Say to it. mention too. Um, I really liked. I mean, I mentioned doing the little side arc thing where we did Ali Cat's signature chocolate series release party that you know uh, Val's fixer helped book the event. There was like little lore crossover stuff that I got to do with that team as well. Um, but I, I definitely want to plan a side arc. Uh, it, was, it was so tempting. Because uh, you're in Vegas, right? You just want to go elope. But I do want to plan like a proper like side arc wedding stream. I think that would be fun, just like your event um, with you and Hades. And who knows what might happen there, what problems, mm. you know? But I do want <laughs> to do that. I think there's something there. I think that could be really fun and unique. I think we've done some really unique things for Cyberpunk Red as far as our campaigns yeah. and streams and roleplay. And I think that would absolutely be one. I I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Um, it's a wedding episode. Yeah, it'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, let's see. Time I to... think, yeah, once we okay. we have we can't until we've had a beach episode. We can't end the. That's true. Can't, can't end this run. That's funny. Yeah, and uh, shareable horizon says time to bust out that baby prop again. Except this time with a mini yeah. ca mini cowboy hat. Oh, I love that. Is the hat even in here? <gasps> oh my god. Oh, I don't have the hat, but I do have the baby nearby. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. That's so fun. Um, now, who's your favorite? <laughs> I like that. Allie. All right. It's Let's put a cap on this. This was a this was a great fun Q and A. Thanks so much, chat, for uh, you know contributing questions and keeping this thing moving forward. I feel like we could have went on another couple hours talking about this stuff. I really love it. I love uh, you know not just talking about the campaigns and plots and things that I was involved with and getting feedback and and seeing where things can go and stuff. But just diving into these characters and getting a feel for kind of like, you know, where they came from, where they're going, some of the, the reasoning behind decisions and role play moments. And uh, I, I could do this for hours more. And maybe we'll have to plan some more streams in the future where we do this. We do a little Q&A with chat. We do some more deep dives in characters, you know, a little recaps and stuff you know even beyond what we do with the 24-hour cafe recaps um it was just a lot of fun so thanks chat thanks players uh rocket i know you're out there uh kicking butt with the play we miss you i can't wait till you come back um we'll have to uh do a do a deep dive on hades when you get back uh, it was missed but um but yeah we'll be back next week like i said we've got we've got a, we've got a few more weeks where uh rocket is out so we're gonna plan some fun stuff uh some one shots some guest appearances and stuff like that so everybody make sure you subscribe and follow to sirenscape and you come back and you join us every thursday 4 p.m pacific if you're watching on youtube please give us some feedback let us know what you thought of today's stream and where you think the future of the team could go we'd love to get your feedback there too all right Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next Bye. time. Take care.
Alzheimer.